So first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Cause this crazy to me, cause coming up, we always wanted to be interviewed by you and you know, you having a good game if you interviewing hey, that, us that, and, that's and now we are interviewing you. And I hate to interrupt you, but I'm, I'm going to. Because Darius, Darius, you were the funniest interview <laughs> that I ever had in my life. First of all, you the first person, mm -hmm. first athlete, first pro athlete to sit up there, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Before I even asked the question, yes, ma'am. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, Darius, look me in my eye. You're looking at your feet. You're looking yeah. in the stands. Yeah. You were looking everywhere. Trying to, <laughs> but, brother. Oh, my gosh. But one of the most polite young men to come straight out of high school and to have the poise that you did, very impressive. Thank so you, I had, thank I had you. to give you due. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Because Q be hating on me because I appreciate that. Q, okay. Q, you were funny as an interview. <laughs> like, interviewing you was easy. It was all I had to do. So Q, and they just give it to you all. Oh, sure, let me break it down. <laughs> we were getting killed on the board. Yeah. Elton wasn't, yeah, shot wasn't falling. <laughs> Corey, Corey just, he was not playing any defense. I was like, okay, all right, well, thank you. And I had to grab the mic from you, but... Man, I love watching you guys play. And thank on and off the court, you guys were just true gentlemen. So I just thank you. Thank you. We definitely honor. appreciate it. But thank you now for coming on our show. It's an honor and a pleasure to I have you. That. When I heard you said yes, I was like ecstatic about this. So, so <laughs> definitely thank you for coming on here. And I'm uh, sorry it took so long. I'm, I'm kind of new to this whole Instagram. So I was I wondering understand. what the little wiggly thing is. And then there is a heart <laughs> and there's a red dot. And I'll like scroll down, finally figured it out. I'm like, oh my gosh, my boys, absolutely. Yeah. I, told, I told him when you replied, I had hit her so many times. I said, I was out there like a stalker. I was just, I said, I'm gonna just keep trying. We going to LA, I gotta keep trying. When I hit him, I say, I say, I say, she, 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 she replied. I said, <laughs> I said, when I look back at the message, that I said, I knew I was super excited because I didn't even compose. I said, I can't believe you replied to me. I said, I never thought I would reach you. It was you. like the dates are this, this, and this, and this, the times. I, I was like, okay, all right. Hey, I was for real. No, I was, I was excited. I hit the group. They was all excited and. We no, we it, it was funny because I kept here. I just, we just want to give you your flowers. Yeah. We just want to give you yes. your flowers. And I'm like, well, you know what? Today I'm going to be accepting it. So thank you. Again, it's an honor for me to be here on your show. I know this is a tough question for you. Sure. So, But who's the first person to bust your ass? Ooh, the first person. Oh, man. It was 1960. For the doctor mm. when I was born. Oh, <laughs> that was Hello. it. Ain't nobody tapped me. <laughs> so so to answer work. your question, it yes. was the doctor when he, he, when he <laughs> bap, and woke me up when I came out of my mom's womb. That's the only person. <laughs> That's the only person that busted my rear end. Yo, 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 we live on location, Los Angeles, California. We came out here for a very, very Legend. special reason. We didn't survive the hurricane and some more stuff, ain't it, yes, Black? But we, yes, hey, sir. listen, we blessed. <laughs> we got the A-team today. We yes. got Hall of Fame greatness, one of the best ever to do it on the legendary. basketball court. The legendary Cheryl Dean Miller. I appreciate that. We appreciate it. Q&D. Yes, Q this is special. Y'all tap in.
So who put the ball in your hand? Who made you love the game? Just sitting on the steps, I have two older brothers, and Saul Jr., the oldest, and Daryl, and of course, Reggie and I, you know, a year apart. And it was just sitting on the steps. We couldn't have been more than six or seven. And they were playing with their friends. And any time the ball, you know, went on in the bushes or in the front yard, we got to run, run grab off, it, grab it, dribble it, it, and then kind of cross over it. <laughs> but if it went out of bounds, sit down. You couldn't yeah. get back on, on the court. But it was my two older brothers and them betting on Reggie and I against their friends. That mm. was fun. How is it being in a family that's so competitive? Because, mm -hmm. like, sometimes expectations when you're in a family that's so competitive and the expectations are so high, it gets funny. Somebody get left out. So how is it being in a competitive it was tough because everything was a competition. Yeah. We couldn't even sit down for a normal like game of Monopoly without <laughs> somebody cheating. Somebody saw, <laughs> and I made sure I was always the banker, so I was always loaded. Yeah, you know, and people are, all of a sudden couldn't count, and so when you landed on the wrong one, but everything was competitive. Playing spades, playing, you know. Tic-tac-toe, everything. But the good thing about it is with the, the Miller kids, we could kill each other. We could beat up on each other. But God forbid somebody on the outside <laughs> tried to challenge yeah. them. Now, that was a wrap. It was a wrap. But that, it was iron sharpened iron from my older brothers, Saul J and DK, all the way down to my sister Tammy. When did it turn where you was feeling like, I'm better than everybody? I never thought I was better. To, I'm being real honest about this. I never thought I was better than anyone. But there was something about the ball being in my hand that just came easy. It was natural, like breathing. I and mean, you guys know that where you just yeah. pick up the ball and everything else just fades away. And I remember our next door neighbors picked up the newspaper, ran over to our house. And I was 13 at the time. And there was some chatter and people were coming to watch my games. And I was on the front page of the sports section and said, she's 13 and she can play. And I remember my dad reading it, and we were reading it together, and I was excited. Well, man, right. I made it, Dad, I made it. He crumpled it up, and he tossed it away. And I go, you know, I'm thinking, well, Dad, what's up? He goes, because if you believe that, all the good things, then mm -hmm. I want you to understand you have to believe all the negative. Mm -hmm. You can't have it both ways. So that, that was those teachable moments. I don't know if he meant, knew where I was going, yeah. but that was the thing. You can't believe what people write or say. It's who you are. It's what you create in your head and your heart and your family. How did you decide to go to Riverside, really sad Polly? <laughs> you want the truth? Yeah. We lived in a neighborhood I was supposed to go to another school, high school, Ramona. Two older brothers went there. That's where we were going. Well, I had a habit of, you know, playing basketball and chirping a little too much, and I was a bit of a hothead. <laughs> um, and some guys were riding around and, you know, making fun of me. So one of the guys got off the bike, and he pushed me. Yeah. And it only took one push, and next thing I know, he's <laughs> on the ground. My roller brothers are running out because there's five other kids, and they're trying to jump on me, and I'm just, like, beating them down. Well, come <laughs> to find out that... Their father was part of a gang in Riverside, mm -hmm. and they said the minute I set foot on Ramona's campus, they were coming for me. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Dad said, we got to move on up like the Jeffersons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had to move. What did you know about the school before you went there? Do you know anything about their basketball history? 
Yeah, well, I played with a lot of the players, yeah. against them more so because of the neighborhood. Yeah. And so it was a natural transition. We had to, to move to a different neighborhood. Poly High was an up-and-coming program, hadn't really done anything yet, yeah. and had a solid team, and it just seemed like a natural fit. High school-level basketball, now you're taking another step up. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? Competitive. I just thought there was only a handful of girls that played basketball and played at a high level. Yeah. Well, now there's some ballers out there, and everybody's competitive. And I've got a target on my chest and on my back. Yeah. So I had to elevate my game. But all the way from the time I picked it up, like I was telling you guys, I only competed against the guys. Yeah. That's all I knew. Mm. So playing against the women, there was no fear. Did it feel like a downgrade? It did. When I was in seventh and eighth grade, when I found out, I tried out for the boys' team. I had kicked their rear ends the whole time. So you go to from elementary school to the middle school. And so they were competitive people and dads who remembered me. And, you know, a girl beat their son. Right. So the coach, I came out, tried out. He said, the only way you're getting on this uh, on this team is you beat my son, a game of one-on-one. I was like, okay, let me get my jersey fitted. I was ready. Right. Bam, isn't it? You know, this is nothing. I'm like, okay. So beat him, one to 11. And one I looked at the 11. coach, one to 11. And I gave him the ball first, and it was around. <laughs> I said, I said, I said, come on, Larry, you got one chance. One chance, here's the ball. You and Reggie being a year apart, did y'all play on each other's team like y'all was on the same team? We never played on the same team, even in the family. Mm. It was always the oldest, Saul Jr. and I against Daryl and Mm. Reggie. Oh, okay. So the winning team that I was on, and then Reggie was on the losing team. Bless yeah. his heart. So, <laughs> so like, no, they, we never, we never. Ball or nothing? No, we never, ever played on the same team, ever. When you got the pie, did you play varsity your first year? Or did you, how did that go? Did you have to, <laughs> look at I just, I'm, what, <laughs> you, what did I'm I, sorry. What did, <laughs> what did I do? I just looked at you. You're so handsome. I just simply smiled. It was a great question. It had no, a nice flow to I'll it. I take the whole question back. It was so. So how was it for you when you got the poly and you got to varsity as a freshman? And how was that for you? I thought we the whole. Take that out, everybody. That didn't happen. She gave me a look like, "Are you serious?" I have right no now? idea what he's talking it about. Happened. It happened. No idea what he's talking about. <laughs> no, it was just uh, you know we had a great team great high school team. For girls to come together and us to play at that level, it wasn't a matter of making a team. It was a matter of what were our goals. Mm. And it was to win our conference, you know, their school, and then go on from whatever that was, and that was CIF. Mm. And we hit the ground rolling and never looked back. Packed gym. The first time we, you know, we played and it got bigger and And bigger bigger and so I was blessed. That when was did really you blessed. find out you was nationally ranked? Like, your name was? There was, it was called the Parade All-American. Parade All-American. Remember Parade yeah, All-American? Street so Smith's the man, that's, you know, and. Parade and Parade, Street Street exactly. Yeah. So you would have to wait until Sunday to get the magazine yeah. to see, you know, exactly. you turning, you yeah. turning. I don't care what happened to somebody over here, somebody died <laughs> yeah. or whatever, you know, or how to grow a plant. Yeah. And there it is. You had first team, second team, third team, fourth, yeah. all the way down. Yeah. Freshman year in high school, I made the fourth team. Uh-huh. 
And that was unheard of because I was the first freshman to ever be an All-American all right. yeah. outside of Ann Myers. And Ann Myers, UCLA Bruin, Hall of Famer, you know, so she was, that was the, yeah. you know, the bar. Yeah. So for me to get fourth team, my dad said, look, you're four. Each year I want you to get better. So I went from four to two. And then junior, senior year, it was just a matter of, First team now, who was the best player in the nation? Yeah. That's what I wanted. I wanted by my senior year, high school, mm. I wanted to be the number one basketball mm. player in the nation. Who were some of the women in your day and age? It wasn't a WNBA. It wasn't a league that you can view. There and, wasn't and, a W. Yeah. There, there was barely a television <laughs> so, or a television yeah, station. Yeah, I know it was hard it? to even see somebody hoop. I know you can see their name quicker than you can actually see them actually hoop. So who was some of the women that we know or may not know that as you was coming up through high school that you've seen was like, oh, yeah, them were some of the ones? I believe I was around 13 or 14 watching and just snippets and a little bit of the 1976 women's Olympic team play. Yeah. Mm. And I saw Ann Myers. Mm -hmm. And here's this white girl, blonde hair kind of short, knee pads that were the, back in the day, they were about this big. Yeah. Diving for everything, every loose ball. Before there was a 50-50 ball, that was her ball. Yeah. And she ran it and she played bully ball, could get, you know, just, and I'm like, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. So it was the Olympics is where I wanted to get. And then there was Lynette Woodard, who, you know, she was, should have been no more for her college play, but Holland Globetrotters. She yeah. was my teammate on the 84 Olympic gold medal team. Mm. Lynette was that forward who could get to the basket and she had all the moves. You know, she could finger roll, you know, and do all these things. And we didn't have the three points. And people don't realize I never had the three point Yeah. at all, never even in college. Never. Yeah. So you were shooting it deep. Man, I, I, <laughs> I came I was like, Steph, I came across half court. You better be guarding me. Walk me through the game where you scored 105 points. Like, what happened? Like, I, obviously, you blacked out, but, like, just walk <laughs me through that whole experience and, and then the How you feeling before the game? Like, everything was... It was a normal, just a normal game. You know, the team we were playing wasn't a very good team, so... Yeah. Just remember, I can't remember his name, but one of the students at the school, he said, uh, how are you going to score tonight? No one's ever asked me that. And I go, well, I don't know. He's like... Can you give me 60? I said, 60 points? I said, that's all? He goes, yeah. I said, okay, I'm going for 60. But didn't feel anything. So I'm in the warm-up, you know, shooting my shots and getting warmed up and everything else. And I just crossed over, pulled up, never did in my life, and hit a shot with my left. I said, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's going to be one of those nights. It's going to be one of those nights. And by halftime, I believe... I had 65. Mm. <laughs> but guys, I wasn't the only one scoring. Yeah. My teammates were they were getting their fair shots in. They were getting their licks in. But I just remember coach pulling me out. There were two minutes to go in the game. And everybody in the stands was going crazy and jumping around. And I sat down, still didn't know, no recollection. I just thought I had maybe 70. Yeah. And coach goes, Do you know what you just did? I said, No. He goes, Cheryl, you scored 105 points. I'm surprised they didn't stop you at 100. Like. Oh, absolutely. Why didn't they? Yeah. But then the baller in me said, 
two minutes more. If I had those last two minutes, now I'm looking at the coach cross-eyed like. <laughs> but two minutes, y'all. But it wasn't anything, you know, you have one of those games where it's, you do black out. The next school day you had to go to school after doing that, like, what was that like walking through the school and walking through the hallways after scoring 105 points? Yeah. If I could, first of all, I was the first Michelle Obama on that day. That next day, <laughs> you feel me, kid? I walked up and just walked in. Just walked up, going to my closet. Everybody was lined up, and I was just like, you know, if I had known what a presidential wave was, I'd have done that. You gave the advice. Was, that was it. It was the first time in my high school career as a student athlete. I had no homework that day. That is dumb. I had no, no. homework. Yeah, yeah. That was that. the talk. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Could it have been anybody else other than USC? Oh, yeah. Was oh, yeah. somebody who almost got you? Yes. And what's crazy, guys, and I, I want to share this quick with you. My father passed away. I'm um, sorry. Uh, that's, that's okay. Yeah, 92. Oh, that's all. Oh, right. You lived a good one. Come on. I told him, go to sleep, man. It's yeah. time for you to go to sleep. Shut them eyes. Well yeah. done, sir. And so, of course, we selling the house, and we had to get everything out of it. And I'll be doggone, guys, if my dad and my mom, they were hoarders, they kept everything. everything. You know it. <laughs> I'm talking about, I was reading the last couple of days, letters from Pat Summit, handwritten letters that I read all of them. But came close to playing for Pat. Um, I wanted to say close to home. And you guys have to understand the rules back then. Schools couldn't fly us out. And we didn't have the money to fly to Louisiana Tech or Tennessee. You know, it wasn't free. Came out of your pocket. So that was one of the main reasons why I had to stay close to home. But it was Louisiana Tech was the hardest one. Sonia Hogue and Kim Mulkey and all those guys. That was a school. UCLA and Billy Moore, they were close. They had a little bit of an edge, yeah. but it was the McGee twins. You can't, <laughs> come on. Yeah. And Paula McGee. Yeah. They, they, they came on my recruiting trip. They came to my house. And, you know, they were nice. And Coach left to go talk to my parents. And so all of a sudden, Pam's here and Paula's over there on the couch. And we're just relaxing and talking. They start inching in closer and closer. I'm like, it's getting kind of... <laughs> Where's the space? And then Pam goes, look, I'm just going to tell you one thing. You could play one or two years with us or two years against us, with or without us. What you going to do? <laughs> and I was like, okay, 6'3", 6'3", 6'2". And she's like, and we going to win some championships. I said, all right. I'll serve. And that was it. Mm. That's all they had to say. They stayed the night, made sure that I, you know, I didn't have any second thoughts, made sure that phone didn't ring. <laughs> that was it. Mm. SC all the way. So getting to college, and that's another step up. Yeah. Another level up. Mm-hmm. Knowing the firepower that you got, but there's firepower out there. Like you say, Louisiana Tech, yep. Tennessee. Like, How was that level for you and being able to go as far as you went? College was difficult, not from a physical, but mental, because I didn't realize as a high school senior, over 100 schools are recruiting you, and you only get the chance to select one. So, yeah. you know, folks are going to be hot. Yeah. <laughs> so they, yeah. they, yes, yes. You they go, hey. Now. And it's the same thing. You coming in, 
you automatically yeah. have a target yeah. on yeah. your backs. So everybody's coming after you. They sure don't care. You just came out of high school. There's yeah. no respect for that. So you got to you, you got to earn it. And it was the same way. And it was the doubt. I felt like I had to start all, all over again. again. Yeah. Different mentality. I had to learn the off court was harder than the on court. I had to learn how to select my friends, better friend selection, mm. who was going to be my core core circle. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to, I couldn't have rabbit ears anymore. You know, I couldn't, you do care. You know, I'm a softie and I do hear things, but you can't take it personal. Yeah. You can't take it personal. And that that was the hard, it was the emotional struggle. But y'all win it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like what's that like for you? You are L.A. representing and you put on for this, like, to me, when we were here, we had the feeling that like USC was the hood school between USC and UCLA. That was hey, hey, our hey, hey, I don't know. I'm not trying to be no, offensive, no, California. No, I'm just saying no, we, that, when I, we was I, looking at it, we was like, man, I kind of see. That is accurate. Okay, they like okay. the Clippers to the Lakers. That yeah. is that, No, that was straight up. <laughs> so that, that was, was so, no, so. How did that feel no. for you to go to that school and then? You come in as a freshman, put on for the city like okay, that. Okay, let, let me just put it in the greater context. You got L.A., <laughs> you know the area, mm-hmm. the SC. Yep. Born and raised in Riverside, which was the glorified Mayberry. <laughs> so it's predominantly white, so right. everything's a little slow, y'all. We, yeah. You know, <laughs> y'all. We, just, we just missing the how you know the horses and the cows, but it's very country. Right. Yeah. Now I go to L.A. and it's like, oh, hey, 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 watch out, you know, <laughs> you know all this kind of stuff. <laughs> hey, that helped me on the court because my head was on the swivel. I heard nobody. Hey, making sure, but it was. Um, Eyes wide open, like the lights and cameras, and it was literally lights and cameras. The men played before us. Yeah. And that was the wrong thing to do with a bunch of arrogant women. Yeah. (laughs) We're battling Louisiana Tech, right, one and two for the nation, and the men have to play before us, and so they would come off the court, and we would kind of slap them on the rim. Thanks for warming up the court. That kind of stuff. (laughs) We would clown them. Just clown them. That's wild. I can't and then, the, and then the crowd would come. They would come to watch us play. So Damn. now that's a whole other additive of trying to keep the egos on the team. But man, you're talking about veterans from the Twins to Juliet Robinson. They were the ones that, especially Juliet, check it at the door. I don't care what happened in class. I don't care if you failed an exam. I don't care if you broke up with your boyfriend, girlfriend, dog, cat. I don't care. Mom and dad cut you off. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Check it at the door because it was all about business. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't, they'd make you pay. We had Linda Sharp, our head coach, never had to police us Mm -hmm. because we had that type of leadership. Yeah. How was it to get to the final four? Like, tell me about, like, you know, you leading up, you doing your thing. But, like, we all know, like, the final four is, like, that's a, a monumental step in the process and one of the bigger deals played a lot. How was it to get there? You know, like you said, you, y'all you looking at Louisiana Tech the whole way. You get to the final four and they on the other side. And it's like, what are we going to do? There was freshman five and then our upperclassmen. And Coach Sharp scheduled us to play on the road. And this is early in the season. When we still trying to get our heads wrapped around we're in college, mm-hmm. play at Tennessee, and then 
back-to-back games. Then we would go to Louisiana Tech and play them at home. <laughs> Louisiana Tech's opening up their new arena. Ah. 15,000. And it is packed. Crazy. Man. We hate you, Cheryl. We got, I don't know if you guys remember, you know, we had to go to Georgia. Georgia, the crowd had, you remember the movie Ghostbusters? Right. They had a beautiful photo of me with that big circle, red circle, and right uh-huh. through my mouth, holding it up. I was like, dang. <laughs> it's a good photo. But it was stuff like that. And we went in there and swept them, and that's never been done. But Coach Sharp said, we, I have to put you guys Battle through tested. the gauntlet. Yeah. Battle test. Who were the freshman five? It was myself, Rhonda Wyndham, Jamea Bond. Man, you know what? I can't believe I left her out. She wasn't a freshman, but hands down, the baddest baller on our team, Cynthia Cooper. Cynthia and Cooper. she came off the bench. Uh-huh. That's how solid, how tight, and how tough. She came off, off the, the bench. bench. With that scoring. That's tough. That's bomb. So we were we were ready to go, and and as soon as we hit the final four, it was all about the trophy. It was all about the rings. Back to back, like them two intense seasons, like going all the way to the finals, winning it back to back. How was that? That was tough for us as a team and our bond. It's easy. I shouldn't say it's easy. Well, I am going to say it's easy. It's easy to win that first that first title. Mm-hmm. Because actually, no one expected us to. to You know, so the expectations are very low. But now, when you as a team, as a university, have that pressure to repeat, now everybody knows how you play. And and not only do they want to beat you, but they're collaborating how to beat you. They're sharing notes and scouting reports and stuff. So Coach Sharp realized how difficult it was going to be to repeat our biggest issue was not to lose our humility and to lose our bond and to start thinking that we were better, certain players were better than than the other. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And so I was the most humble person on the team until my ego jumped out of my chest. And it was a wrap. You couldn't tell me anything. I was, man, if I was James Brown, I'd be wearing that, that jet, the coat and coming into practice, having somebody take it off and then go warm up. After the championship. After the championship. Yeah. So I got a ring. Yeah. My head is that big. Back in the day, we had, they called it Jerry Curl. Mom was a wave nouveau. You couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> Put that activator in. It was going down. Talk about how good did it feel when you won the chip? When you punted the the ball in the air, like how how? (laughs) Okay, for real, for real, guys. I half the stuff that I did on the court, I had no. It wasn't like okay, if this happens, I'm gonna do this. It was (laughs) no. It soon as I first of all, we could have lost the game. Our point guard got picked from behind. The ball heads down the court. It's a layup. It's between Cynthia Cooper and a tech player. Now, you got to understand, Cynthia Cooper and defense (laughs) ain't going to happen. So I'm trailing the whole play, and I see Cooper, and I'm like, man, we're going to go out like this because Cooper ain't going to do nothing. I know Cooper's going to try to block her shot. Cooper stood her ground, took a charge. Took a charge. Took a charge. I grab her. Off the floor, I'm jumping around. It's and everybody's like, "Sure, we still have a couple seconds." I said, "No, Cooper took a, a, sure. took a charge. <laughs> that's a game. That's right, right there." 
But when that happened, yeah, you. but you couldn't tell us in the second year to repeat was difficult because we had to reel in. Not, and I, I'm going to be honest, I let my ego jump out of my, you couldn't tell me anything. Number one, you couldn't tell me anything. Then I'm on the Grammys <laughs> <laughs> with Donna Summer with her hit song, She Works Hard for the Money. Yeah. Okay, so you, I'm on stage. <laughs> so Donna Summer's out there, you know, she's singing. I've already gone through rehearsal. So me and D, I'm calling her D. Hey, D. <laughs> she's like, that? Wave, I'm like, yeah, that's my girl. That's my girl. We're going to be collaborating on a song after this. Feeling myself. <laughs> so, so this is going on. So I got Donna Summer. She sings, she works hard for the money. Mm, 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 so hard for the money. Right? So then my part comes on. So you see two people like holding basketball rims. Yeah. So I come on stage doing my little thing, dribbling in between my legs and all that around my back and da 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 da. And then I go duck on the thing, grab the ball, go duck on the thing. And now she's coming and she's singing the, the hype of the song. Yeah. And then I'm holding the ball. So everybody's seen it. You couldn't talk to me for about a month. <laughs> And I met Michael Jackson. Oh. Where you meet Michael Jackson? At the Grammys. At the Grammys. At the Grammys. He had the glove on. I remember. Oh, man. Is, that the, is that the year he did the one? I met him. I'm telling you. Oh my God. Hey, pretty baby, what's up? You man, couldn't Mike. tell me anything. You can't girl. tell you meet Mike. You can't. Hey, you meet Mike. You can't tell you nothing. You meet Mike. Man, if I could have got away with wearing a glove on the court, like, my God, I'd have done it. <laughs> when did the culture shock hit that you don't have your two leaders no more? Like, you win them two championships, you get that so much success, and then the leaders. Like, it's a high. You don't got them two big big girls down there that's, that's taking care of the paint. Hey, reality is no joke. That first game, and I, you know, I'm, I'm Who still— Who was against? I, I don't know, but <laughs> all I know, it was close, and we should have beat them by 100. Mm-hmm. There's not my bigs. There's not Paula, you know, mm-hmm. who in the trail, hitting that jumper the free throw line at the jumper. elbow, elbow, yeah. elbow, elbow. And Pam just beasting down low, block to block. There's none of that. So now I've got to up my game, yeah. elevate my game. The wonderful thing is Cooper. Cooper Coop. Cooper's coming to her own. Yeah. And one thing about Cynthia Cooper— Watching her playing against her in high school a little bit in the summer, being her teammate, and then she disappears once her collegiate season uh, career is over. Don't hear from her. She comes back from Italy. You got to understand. And she played at Locke. She played in the ghetto. Yeah. I'm talking about the ghetto. <laughs> and so she comes back speaking fluid Italian. Her game Elevator. is like... It's not elevated. It's through the roof. Through the roof. Hmm. Hands down. Talking about a transformation of a player, the best player in the WNBA. There was no question. And I'm looking at teammate, superstar. Incredible. How was it to make it on the Olympic team in 84? The best way to kind of describe it, freshman year, national championship, sophomore year, when my second... At UCLA on their court, it was wonderful. And we beat <laughs> in the finals playing against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And Pat Summit is the Olympic coach. Mm. 
So things start kind of slowing down where I'm thinking, okay, this is Olympics. It's in my backyard in Los Angeles playing in the final game. Again, I don't know why I did a half of the things that I did, but I did. <laughs> we're killing them. We're winning. The game is, you know, and uh, there was a bet before the game. Sure, I dare you. <laughs> this is, I think it was Cynthia Cooper. I dare you to do something. I'm like, do what? She goes, I want you to do a cartwheel. I said, during the game? And I said, okay, I'll do a cartwheel. You know, just knowing I wasn't going to yeah. do it. Well, anyways, got caught, caught up, make a great play. Game's rolling out, and I got fouled, and I'm by Tennessee's bench, and I do a cartwheel <laughs> in front of Coach Summit. And she's just sitting there. She's standing on the court, and she's just looking at me. Deadpan doesn't say anything. And then I didn't think about it. I was just, you know, celebrating. Yeah. So now I've got, I've got to play for this woman. And, guys, she hated me. I'm talking about every time. She got the opportunity to break me down. This woman would do it. <laughs> I mean, do it. If she could have got away with not starting me, she yeah. would have done it. But the wonderful thing that happened, when I say that she really gave it to me, I was having a really bad game in Taiwan, and I got low-bridged, fell on my back, and the ball was coming through the net, so I just kicked it. Just out of frustration, no big deal. Going at halftime, the whole team's not playing well. She has everybody stand up, lines us up, goes down the line, handing it to everybody. She comes to me, and I got a knot in my throat, and she, and she passes me. I was like, oh, thank you. Lord, I pray I will never do anything else. Thank you, <laughs> Heavenly Father. We go, we say, okay, da-da-da-da, USA. We go to walk out. And she goes, wait a minute, I forgot one special person. <laughs> Cheryl Miller. Come here. And I was like, man. So yeah, yes, coach. She goes, no, I want you to come close because I want you to hear it. And she's like this far, like nose to nose. <laughs> I will win or lose a gold medal without you. You are not the best player on this team. Now, as confident, told you from the very beginning of this interview, I'm sensitive. Yeah. So you know, what's the worst thing when you, you don't want to cry? You can't cry. Not in front of her. What's the worst thing a teammate can do when you that emotional? You're about to be that emotional. Oh, you all right? That's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. And then, and then it starts flowing. And all of a sudden, your, your vision gets blurry and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm trying to get out. And Pam is hitting me from behind. Don't you, don't you give it to her. Don't you give her to her. And then Pam's like, don't touch her. Pam's hitting me right back. <laughs> so halftime comes. I'm going to start the second half, go on the court. She goes, come here, Miller. I'm like, what now? She goes, where do you think you're going? I'm like, coach, I'm going in the game. She goes, no, you're not. She goes, sit down. And the players are like, they looked at me, they looked at her, and then they looked down at the end of the I'm like, this is the walk of shame, guys. Yeah. It's the walk of shame. Walk down there. Eventually, she puts me back in. Now there's a beef. I can't look at her. She won't look at me. Then we have to do individual meetings, you know, kumbaya. Coach wants to tell you what you are, what you aren't. And I'm just thinking, Lord, please don't let, I, I, I'll hit her if she says anything. <laughs> if she gets in my face, I'm going to hit her, Lord. And there goes my gold medal. There go, mom and dad's going to have to come up here. This is going to be a bad scene. <laughs> so I ended up calling my mom and telling her before the whole meeting. She goes, don't worry about it. We just going to pray. Let's pray. 
And I said, okay. She prayed, and I said, all right. She goes, but Pearl, Mama Pearl, don't you dare hit that woman. I said, I won't. She goes, but tell her one thing. Tell her she can't win a gold medal without you. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, when Pat came in, (laughs) she goes, you want to know why I said what you did? I said, I don't know, Coach. Why? She goes, because you don't play the game the right way. Okay, so you're talking about defensively? She goes, no. Offensively? Do, Do I share the ball? She goes, no. Great passer. I said, then what don't, how do I not play the game right? She goes, what's with all the antics? And you know, I haven't forgotten the cartwheel. Now, see, this is all about that cartwheel. That cartwheel. I said, I'm sorry about that. She's like, no, but why do you have to celebrate? You celebrate on, you know, on a lap. You celebrate when you hit a shot. Why? I said, because that's how I play. I love the game. Mm -hmm. I'm not showboating. I'm not a hot dog like you like to call me. I just love the game. I know you're strict. Can we just find a common ground? Common ground's that gold medal. And she goes, yes, it is. I said, Coach, just so you know, you can't win a gold medal without me. (laughs) And she turns around, she goes, yeah, I know. And she (laughs) walks out, and from that, we were cool. Mm. We were cool. But it was was the greatest moment to win a gold, not only just a gold medal, but to have my parents in the stands and to put that gold medal around my mom and then my dad and just acknowledge everything that they did for me growing up. R.I.P. Pat Summit. That's a nice story. I like that. When you start winning Player of the Year Award, Nate Smith's, three Nate Smith Awards, like, that's crazy. Like, crazy. Expectations for you is, is so high and you winning so much awards, like, did you ever think about, like, what I'm going to do after this, if I'm going to go overseas, if I'm going to... Yeah, well, you said it from the very beginning. There was no WNBA. Yeah. It was to go overseas. That was the plan. Mm-hmm. I graduated, and my fallback was always going to be somehow broadcasting. And what degree? No idea. But it was a random pickup game. I'll never forget it. In one of the gyms on campus playing against football players at USC, off season, my season's done. My senior year, everything's done. And a guy falls in front of me, jump over him and pop. And that was my knee. That was your knee. ACL, meniscus, partial tear of the lateral. Lateral back then, yeah. Back then, that's like, back then, they didn't have the technology and stuff they had to get you right. That was a... It was a wrap. But in my head, I'm thinking I can do this until the doctor came in, Dr. Richard Dill, and he goes, well, you had a great run, and I guess it's time for you to have kids. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's over? You're talking about life and reality in that moment? Yeah. Swirling in my head, I'm 13, I'm in high school, I've won this, I've won four championships in high school, uh, two champ- gold medal, over? Over? Devastation. And I didn't know what I was going through then, but I know talking about a deep depression. Mm-hmm. Because my identity, I'm Cheryl Miller. Yeah. Now, wh- who am I now? Yeah. Where do I go? And that was the best and biggest challenge of my life. A lot of us hit that one. Right? When you first heard it was going to be a WNBA, mm-hmm. how did you feel? You feel about it was about time? It was obviously, it was about time, but it was the perfect time. Mm-hmm. You got 
you know, Dawn Staley, Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoops, and yeah. Rebecca Lobo, Lobo. Yeah. Tara Vanderveer, their head coach, 1996 Atlanta. Yeah. Well, they put fun. on the show. Yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah. And the wonderful thing is outside of their gold medal success sprung two professional women's leagues. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. That was real cool. But I um, was so happy. I love David Stern. But what he did, those first three years of the WNBA, did such a great, a great job of making sure that you guys – the men and their organizations supported us. Yeah. Not only just coming to watch the games, but financially, because not every team could pull their weight. Yeah. Right. But we called, you know, we called you guys our big brothers. Yeah. You know, when you guys come into the game, gave us instant credibility and more credibility. And it was wonderful to see women's basketball just explode by just the WNBA stepping on the floor and the women, you know, the young ladies who are watching now could see our talent. Yeah. And it wasn't just the Final Four or the yeah. Sweet right. 16. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where it's very, out. the NCAA is very limited. Now, this was their sports team. This was their, their league. Yeah. To see how it evolved now, to see the women evolve, like, the way they dunking. Have you the been moves, one of the first like, women uh, to ever dunk in a game? There's my dunk, <laughs> and there's Brittany Griner's dunk. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Yeah. When I saw her drive baseline at Baylor and then dunk on somebody, and I'm not talking like the one-handed, like, yeah. you know, if you're if you 6'12", like you better be dunking. You really you, dunking. You know, but two-handed and then do like, you know how y'all hang? I was like that was, that was how we felt when we saw remember we saw Sylvia Fowles when she yes. got came to the sky. Like oh. she like when she came to the sky, they worked out at the same gym at Hoops where we were at, uh-huh. like kinda toward the end she of that was a whole beast too. When I like we coming in, I'm like, yo, like they was like, Yeah, they got they got the girl from um, LSU to be she nah, she be dumb like who she be dunking us, you know, like man, we coming out the weight room one day, she did like a little screen, they hit it with the bounce pass, she Boom, and swung around. I said, oh, shit. I, said, I went back in. I said, yo, they were like, I told you she, I said, no. No, you didn't no, see what this was. No, she's dunking like, for real. Yeah, that was like, she was like the first one. I was like, god damn. Then, like you say, Brittany, like, it's the but whole. Yeah, Sylvia was nasty. Yeah. She was nasty. You And you could throw that ball down the floor, and she'd go get it, and then finish it like that. Yeah. Now you seeing 6'8". Six nine, dribbling the ball, shooting threes, running the floor. Definitely, like the women's game has evolved too. What do you think about that? It's the natural it's progression. It's inside out instead of outside in. It's the natural progression. It's the same thing with you know with your league now. Mm-hmm. I mean, before back in the day when you know watching Reggie and everybody else and Dr. J and you know you had Bill Lambeer who could lay you out and wasn't a foul unless yeah. you were bleeding and right. teeth missing. They weren't calling anything. And you talking about, look, it's no disrespect to Steph, great, great, great point guard, one of the best. You could Mm -hmm. he's definitely in the argument along with Magic Johnson. But Steph didn't have to put up with the constant this. Grabbing and I mean, no, no, we ain't talking about grabbing. We talking about holding. Oh, assault. We talking about assault. And it was like a (laughs) five-second hold. If it was past five seconds, then it was a fail. (laughs) Right? Yeah. But now you you had to lay lay off. But it was a natural progression to see from when I played 
to the next level to Cheryl Swoopson College yeah. when she was in Texas. And then, you know, you look at UConn and you mm-hmm. got Tarazi. Yeah. You know, and now now it's like it's elevated, and Maya then Moore, a lot of the, no. yeah Maya Moore, shoot, and uh, she's gonna kill. Oh, my favorite, Candace Parker. Candace Parker. She had the whole package. The whole yeah. package. The whole package. They had like six eight. Six eight, and what was disarming, I should say, about her beautiful woman, but nasty on the yeah. inside. <laughs> yes. Like mean. Talk bad to you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. CPA you know, and I'm like, I mean, it was Jekyll I and Hyde, it. boy. I mean, she get off the court and you're like, oh, just, oh, she's so friendly, but on the yeah. court, woohoo. Yeah. Killer. What do you think about that? Because I, I love the women aggression in mm-hmm. women's sports, but you know, the outside world feel like, well, some in the outside world, I'm not saying all the outside world. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want women to be to show that emotion or show that aggression like that. What do you feel about that? Go watch golf then. <laughs> Change the channel. I mean, because it, we're not changing. Yeah. If anything, if you can't stand us, come on, guys. If you can't stand us showing emotion, a killer mentality. Killer yeah. mentality, right? What about the younger kids? The, the, you know, the college kids now, they got the eyelashes. I don't know how they can see, but they yeah, all I've the way saying, out I've here. Been saying that, I yeah. mean, they step on the court and the lids are like this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know how they shoot, but they get it how done. The, they stop the sweat oh, from man. getting in. Oh, man, and then yeah. the lipstick and the make and, and if they drop an eyebrow, hey, time out. Put it back on, and then score about 90 on you. Definitely true. You see, and unapologetic. And I love it, and I think it's great for women's basketball. The momentum you get, like last year's finals, and like when we seen Stewie and Asia go at it in the Western Conference finals, and how the finals was was so live. Seeing the the women's NCAA finals, seeing just how women's basketball is kind of taking a new phenomenon. How proud of four was crazy. Yeah, how yeah, proud of you of the women's game and your name being a part of this women's game, so growing it to be where it's at right now. And I'm glad you said something, a part of it. Yeah. Because that's all I want to be is yeah. a part of it. I don't need to be up in the conversation of who was the greatest or anything else. If anything, if anybody ever says about me that I would like embrace. Mm-hmm. She paid it forward. Mm-hmm. If you give me that due that I, I paid it forward, and hey, Cheryl, I remember. And I think the younger players are doing a better job, but I'm saying women in general, mm-hmm. and, and I don't care if they get mad at me. Ladies, if you want everybody to respect in women's basketball, then support one another. Mm-hmm. Real stuff. That commercial is brought you by. Um, but no, but, but, but for real, that's and that's the one thing I need us to embrace is I want the younger players to understand that there was people before them. There were athletes before Always. them. There, you know, there were people that I played against at Long Beach State. Nobody knows of Latonya Pollard. Mm-hmm. Shot like Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of women out there. Chris that Jackson. Need, oh, Abdul Rahul. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there's always somebody before you. Like uh, that's why we try to show, pay the proper homage, and pay respect to mm-hmm. just what we grew up on. You know, in the history, if you're the lover of this game, that's why we right. kind of created this. To we love women's all oh, like we like yeah, you know, like, we ain't just we really rock with it. My mama played 
basketball won a state championship with Dorothy Gators. Kay Pond oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so, my, okay. so she put the ball in my hand. So we got much love and respect for oh, the women's wow. game, just basketball in general. We love hoops. So. But see, that's what I and, – and you guys have always been there, and that's what I love about it. And there's such a camaraderie, and you guys have taught us how to celebrate, you know, and your Hall of Fame – is the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And we have a Women's Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. and not to discount that whatsoever, but mm -hmm. man, we need to take this to there. Yeah. That's what we need to do. And then when I talk about this, we need to keep talking like you guys. I, I mean, I can still remember doing commercial, you know, for whatever, reading and stuff, and going to Philadelphia and playing mm -hmm. with Dr. J. Mm -hmm. they, like memories like that. Yeah. So I remember when. Yeah. I remember when. How did you get into the, like you said, you had always had a plan of going to the broadcast. How did the going into turn? Because I look at it like when you really think about it, you was like one of the first former athletes to kind of like put that lane into place, especially like at Turner Sports, like being sideline. Because one of my biggest moments in my career when I won a three-point shootout in Denver in Denver. Uh, 05, you were up there you interviewing me. Can I just say you killed it? And I was like, I got you that picture. It. I got that show, that picture at I home with me up that. there. And I'll never forget that. So how did you get into the whole going into Turner? Well, when I first started out broadcasting, they, a thousand years ago, they had me uh, doing sidelines for college football. Mm -hmm. And I, I love football, love watching it. I love the sport. I don't know anything about the sport, <laughs> but I love the sport. So that didn't work out too well. And I was horrible. I was horrible and having to, you know, learn the whole business and, right. you know, just it was so much. And then you have people in your ear, your producers in your ear, and you wear an earpiece yeah. and you're trying to have a conversation. And they're like, well, Cheryl, and this is my first time. Well, Cheryl, ask him this. I'm like, what do you want me to ask him? <laughs> <laughs> On TV. Yeah. My mom's like, who are you talking to? I said, mom, you don't want to know. But things like that. But I was coaching Lisa Leslie and Tina Thompson at uh, USC. Yeah. And Turner called. And it was my third year. I had coaching, broadcasting, NBA, SC. That was a decision for me, but I loved it. And the wonderful thing, and I think my career in broadcasting, especially sideline, I was very fortunate that a lot of the older players had seen me yeah. play. Carl Malone's, the Stocktons, yeah. Jordan. So it was nothing for them to come up to me after a game. Normally you gotta, you know, grab, you know, here, you gotta yeah. grab them, hold them, or you have to go to someone else, you know, their PR person. It was just, it, it can be a nightmare, but it was like, and they paid me homage and they listened and they, it was the respect. Yeah, Jeff, I often say that like, like your peers, like, cause it's, it got to a point where you, like you say, they respect you, but Everybody in the NBA, all of us had a, still has, I ain't going to say had a, but still has the, I don't the, mind the had much, <laughs> like high respect for you. You know I what I'm saying? I appreciate that. Always wanted to do an interview by you. Like for, for to hear that from the generations before and after to always want that, what does that mean to you? I've been blessed. I feel that there has always been a, um, a divine design on my life and a hand on my life. Yeah. And my life worked out great when I just listened to that divine voice. Yeah. But um, the blessing comes when I can sit down with you two and, and hear that yeah. because it means the world to me. And you guys have taught me um, the one thing that it meant the most to me is that you guys trusted me. Yeah. And that I would never throw shade. Yeah. I would never... 
I learned my lesson the hard way because in the business, you had to get that one scoop. You had to be that, you know, ask that one question. And I remember I was in studio on NBA TV, probably maybe my 10th year. It was around the, it was the same time, well, it was the incident when Latrell Sprewell grabbed PJ. So PJ, yeah. He had another one. Yeah. Went to choke him out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I got inside information, and nobody could find Latrell. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't speaking. wasn't saying anything. Well, I knew who his agent was through my brother Reggie. Yeah. They shared the same agent, and the person I would go to, who was underneath the attorney, Arn Tellum, was was Gail Diastino. And I asked, well, "Hey, what's going on? Can you give me this and this?" And she says, "Well, you know, are you going to release anything? I got the inside scoop." Right. So she kind of gives me a general idea of what's going to be said. So I I run with it. Mm-hmm. I run with it. Don't ask. Don't do anything. Ran with it. Well, I had Arn tell him, call me on my cell and tell me. Just ask me, where did you get this from? I said, I just got a scoop. Where did you get it from? He goes, Cheryl, I won't be mad. I won't be mad. I said, okay. Well, Gail gave it to me. And he goes, well, I just want you to know I'm going to go on air right now. I'm going to call you a liar that you don't know what you're talking about and how disgraceful you are as a broadcaster and whatnot. Mm. He did. (laughs) He did. And I learned a valuable lesson that night. And Latrell wouldn't speak to me. He wouldn't even look at me. And it wasn't until maybe seven years after the whole incident that he finally spoke to me. And I had to apologize. I just couldn't function without telling him how sorry I was. Yeah. And yeah. once that was that once that was over, he's like, oh, it was cool. I'm I'm good with it. No, you I said, no, you weren't at the time. He's like, no, I hated you. <laughs> I said, so that we're, we're we're cool with that. But again, anytime I knew something was coming on the bad side, coming down on one of you guys, I pull you aside and I go, look, they have this, this, this on, on you. And do you want to get ahead of it or not? Yeah. Well sure, I don't know what to say. Well, okay. You tell me what happened, and they would tell me, okay, clean it up here and clean it up here. And I said, don't start rambling because you're going to sound like you're guilty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't up. start rambling. Stick yeah, to the script. Stick to what you say. You That's said it. right. Clearly. That's it. Don't open up that door. No stuttering to that. <laughs> no, no, you start stuttering. No. Speaking of Reggie, <laughs> like, how proud and amazed of his career and and him and how he carried himself over the years and how he was just a first player. I don't want to say that Reggie grew up with a chip on his shoulder, but I can understand why he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ain't give him no slack. I ain't give him no slack. And it wasn't just me, my two oh, older but... brothers, but Reggie, you're talking about putting in the time. Yeah. There's no such thing as someone with a perfect form and yeah. all that. No, it's how much time you're putting into that shot. Yeah. If you got a whack shot and you you it's working that in, whack shot. And it's going the, in. It's going in. <laughs> and you putting in that work. So many coaches, when Reggie was coming, wanted to change his shot. Because when he shot the ball, he shot with a... it would come out. It would <laughs> flick out. Yeah. But that's his work ethic and the fact that he wasn't afraid. That's where we were different from the very beginning. Reggie wasn't afraid to take the last shot. Yeah, for sure. Reggie was, I don't care, and I was, I wish upon a time. (laughs) (laughs) It goes in, one of those. I wish, I don't care. And that suited him throughout 
his life and his career. Give me the ball. I'll be the hero or the goat. I could live with both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And most killer shooters were like that. They don't care. He craved the big moment. He would make a small moment a big moment. And for me to watch him do incredible things, the game against the Knicks, are you kidding me? Yeah. What was it? Was it nine points in, in seven? Yeah. And, yeah. And, like, that, yeah. and to see your, your baby brother. In killer mode. Who is not only in killer, but beast mode. But now that moment... Reggie was a great player, considered a great player, yeah. or a good a good player. He yeah. was a good player. He went from a, a semi good to a superstar. Yeah. Now Reggie's a superstar, and that and it was like that. Yeah. And watching that and knowing that that's that's my baby boy. That's yeah. who I protected my whole life growing up, and to see him be that great great player and athlete. And to know his heart and be a, a great man, to have that, and he's my brother. Yeah. Talking about problem, trying not to cry. Yeah. But that, <laughs> how, that's my boy. How you feel like he do on the sidelines? Because now he's he's on the okay, sidelines. Okay, there's one. There is one beef that I have with Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> he's not funny. <laughs> I don't know why everybody laughs at his jokes. You're not funny. Yeah. I stopped eating at Wendy's because you're not funny. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Wendy, you're funny with the commercial. I'm just playing ready. I'm just messing with you. But that, but I mean, you guys know the game. But it's one thing to know the game, knowledgeable in this, and have, but now you gotta put it here. This you guys know it's yeah. not easy. Nah. Oh. And the homework, I see you guys got a volume over here. And it's the preparation and the homework that you have to do. And he has just become one of the best analysts out there where when I hear him, he's dropping knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing definitely you're going to know. He's dropping knowledge, and it's easy to pick up. The other guy, like in my opinion, Hubie Brown's the best. Because Hubie, okay, hold on. Wait a minute. Let me just tell you. <laughs> now, let me just tell you what just happened. Yeah. You know that? And he could break the thing down. Reggie. Dead on point. Yeah. That's Who's now, on point? Now, let me, okay, wait a minute. Hold, hold on. Wait a minute. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Michael Jordan? Unbelievable. Tell me this. You went into the Women's Sports Hall of Fame in 91. Talk about going in 95 into the Naismith Hall of Fame. Like, what was that like? Could you ever fathom something like that? We just went this past, what was that? The last, whenever the last one was for D-Wade. And, like, that was like. That was crazy, isn't Like, it? we just, like I said, we never went there for nothing. Never just went, like, to be there, to experience that mm-hmm. was like. And this wasn't even for us. Like, this was crazy. Like, so, like, how was that for you to go through and experience that type of, like, I feel like like what D-Wade said, y'all walked into basketball heaven. Like, mm-hmm. why are you alive? <laughs> and that's 100% correct. That's, <laughs> what I feel. That, that, that's, right. exa- that's exactly how I felt. And uh, going in my class, Ann Donovan, who passed away, mm-hmm. played against her from Old Dominion. And I've got Cappy. Yeah. <laughs> Kareem. Right. And I'm sitting next that's to Kareem. Or, I mean, Kareem. Yeah. And just talking to him and talking to coaches, former great coaches, former great players, and 
uh, having a sit down with Bill Russell. Mm-hmm. And it's like and a reunion. Everybody's it there. It's crazy. It so much is. love in her. <laughs> it, it, it truly is. And, you know, bless my heart, my dad's there and yeah. he's got that little Kodak, you know, the one that. And so we moved up because back in the day it used to be them Polaroids. Hold Polaroid. on, don't move. And it's hold out. You gotta shake them jump. <laughs> But no, but again, it was, um, I was able to share it with my family. Yeah. With mom and dad. And that was, it was more fun for, for them. I couldn't believe I was in it, to be honest. Let me ask you about the 76 team. We just went to the Hall of Fame and they, we they honored the, yeah. the 76 Olympic team. Mm-hmm. And you spoke on it earlier, but just tell us how that just like changed the game for women. Because a lot of women, not only you, got the opportunity to see this on mm-hmm. TV or get a glimpse of this. So just tell us well, about this. You know what? I was, I was really happy because Andy and Myers is a really, you know, good friend of mine, as well as Nancy Lieberman. My yeah. coach. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Nancy, ooh, you talking about personality? personality. <laughs> Come on now. Yes. No, but to have those two and to know them and know what they went through throughout their careers on and off the court, breaking into, you know, you were talking about broadcasting, and Myers was the first mm-hmm. to be an analyst mm. to call a game in the NBA. She was doing that before any woman was doing. So mm-hmm. she really, you know, set the bar and the standard. And Nancy, I tell you, she if she's not a billionaire, <laughs> because nobody knows how to, like, seriously, it's not a bad thing. It's a great, she knows her strength, how to market herself. She's got a great feel for and respect for men and women. So, but the 76 team, they were the beacon for women's basketball and always will be. And it was long overdue. Overdue. Yeah, because like now they're getting just in the Hall of Fame now. And I didn't know about it when I got there Mm -hmm. and then how they broke it down, the whole presentation. I just thought it was dope. I was like, oh, that's... That's like crazy. where they played? Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was it was a good like I said, no. that was amazing to be a part of and to be down there and experience all of that. Start bench trade. You gotta start one, you gotta bench one, you gotta trade one. Okay. Oh. Cheryl Swoops, Maya Moore, Stewie. Are they at the prime? <laughs> prime everybody. Prime everybody? Uh, prime everybody. Oh. Start Maya, Cheryl off the bench, I would trade Stewie. Okay. How excited were you just as a, you know, you got on the Equality and Women's Sports oh, yeah. t-shirt and you repping that. Like, how proud are you to see just, like, the Women's Final Four and yes. how it was great basketball, a great show, people watched, and, you know, like, you had LSU and Angel Reese and, and Flaugé doing what know, they were yeah. doing. Angels you had Caitlin on a run. You got Paige coming back this year. It's going to be, like... Yeah, South Carolina doing what they're doing, Coach Staley, and, and, like, how excited are you for And you, you can't forget Kim Mulkey, who's my, I call her Liberace. Hey, she, she's, yeah. she's the Liberace, man. Oh, she listen. came out there looking like Elvis and Liberace. Right. She don't yeah. care. But I love that about her. But it was, it was great for me to be there because of the shirt that I'm wearing right now, Equality in Women's Sports. And the back says, we deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. And this was 
all from a good friend of mine who's coaching currently at RCC, Riverside Community College, and she's she's suing the school, and she's in the battle of her life mm. from being threatened, run off the road, uh, having her budget cut just recently, having um, the protest game where these shirts were originated began mm-hmm. with the men's basketball team blocking the entrances so people, the spectators couldn't come in. An AD who's no longer there, everybody with their, you know, ostriches with their heads in the sand and uh, no help on the way. Mm-hmm. So this is in my backyard. I'm taking on her fight and it's a movement now. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of propelled me into this new adventure that I'm with. Uh, it's called Breaking Barriers for All Foundation. And it's about equality. It's about addressing, you guys see, the, the social climate that we're in today. Mm-hmm. And empowering men and women, not just athletes, but using and teaching them, educating, empowering them to use their voice and their platform. Come on now. We're we're, Mm -hmm. we're just, you know, a couple, you know, fingers away from (laughs) really being, you know, an advocate for whatever justice that you want to to do. And that's why Breaking Barriers and our foundation, once we get it up and running, that's what we're going to do. And we're starting at hopefully from the ground, like we're talking high school and maybe junior high, Mm, but letting these kids understand that they do have power and it's in their voice. That's what's up. Let me ask you about Tina Thompson and Mm -hmm. Lisa Leslie. Mm -hmm. Like you coach them and to see their Hall of Fame careers unfold. Just tell how proud to just see where they came from at USC to where they at now. Well, I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to coach those two. Lisa was the baddest Mina's big girl <laughs> that I've ever seen. And she had she advertised have elbows, elbows yeah. and will use. And she <laughs> knew how to clear a space. Tina Thompson, hands down the smartest player I ever coached in my life. I mean, talking like, I know the game. I know the adjustments I need to make. She's coming out, coach. They're killing us here, here, here. Let's kind of turn this around. Like, is it going to work? She's like, yeah, it's going to work. You know, that type of thing. (laughs) Like, student of the game. So to see them and the hard work they put in and their families and the dedication to the sport on and off the court and to be rewarded you know, for the Hall of Fame was tremendous. So proud of them. The number 31, you wore it, Reggie wore it. Is it special or is it just, it was a just, it just happened to be your number? No, it it, it was, it's special because my brother Daryl um, was a catcher for the Angels. Mm-hmm. And so he wore 31. So that was, you know. It ran on down. Hey. So the family number got, 31. Got to pass it down, 31, 31, 31. And the fact that I was, Born on the 3rd of January, 3 and 1. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I, one more question. Who is the GOAT? Who is the GOAT in men's basketball? Who would you? I want your opinion of who you would say is the best the greatest player of all time? Yeah. You've seen a lot of basketball, so you know a lot. So The greatest of all time. Front row seat. Killer, incredible work ethic, mind. mind can elevate everyone around them, can destroy whatever scheme, defensive, 
you know, sets that you may have. You know what you about to say, right? <laughs> I would go with Q. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to bust his ass all the time. He can't, be, <laughs> can't be him. I used to bust his ass all the time. He can't be him. <laughs> can't be him. <laughs> well, um, Michael Jordan. You think Mike? Out of all the basketball you've seen up to this point, you think Mike is the one? Kobe, Kobe, Kobe was the closest, but Mike. What Mike, you just said? You mm. just talked the, the other part. You said who? Kobe was the closest. Mm-hmm. I know you guys remember this because it was, it was on television, and watching Kobe's rookie year, and he's playing, and it's in Chicago, and Michael has just done something, I and mean, just something sick. He's always doing something sick. <laughs> And him and Kobe are at the free throw line, and Kobe's looking like talking. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, there's there's talking talk, but there's like, hey, what are you doing? This and this. And I remember asking Kobe. I said, Kobe, what are you talking to Michael about? He says, I asked him how I could stop him, how I could beat him. <laughs> and I go, what did Mike say? He said, he said, you could never work that hard. You could never that work that hard. And he said, as soon as he said that to me. I locked myself in the gym whenever I could get on the court. And I studied. He said, I studied every move that Mike. And you watched him from his first and second or third year. Did you not think it was Mike? It was a yeah. Everything. It was a mirror. Was, you oh see the clips gosh. and stuff on, so like when they going into fadeaways. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the middle when he turned around, mirror. that fadeaway. Lay up. And, whatnot, Lay up. and that sidestep and back. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, my gosh. He, he would. It was Mike. Right. But Jordan was, he was something else. Did you ever think Kareem's record would be broke? Never. I didn't think it was going to be broke either. Never. Nobody's going to break LeBron's record. Now, he's still getting points right now. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question, for real, for real. What did you think when he when he broke the record? First of all, I'm so glad that Kareem was there. Yeah. And that yeah. shows his class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised the flack that LeBron got? It no, wasn't like everybody. Not in this generation, just nah, because of the way the climate is. Every, you can't, you can't just have success and it just be cool. Somebody gonna yeah. say something. It's just I, like he I, shouldn't I, have I got get, any yeah, flat. I get somebody's gonna say something, but to the point where, how could he break that record? How could he? Well, what? Wait around for somebody else? Somebody was gonna do it. Somebody's gonna do Listen, it. But, but for him to do it, yeah. past first guy. Who's never been known yeah. at any point as like a scorer or a who was home. coming in? That's what everybody used to kill him for. Yeah. Right? He doesn't have a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you yeah. know like, what? I was impressed for about the longevity because to even get an attempt at this record, you gotta play twenty. It's probably like that's 10 why you the whole that's game. Why, but I, ever that's played that's 20. the only thing that's unknown. Like moving <laughs> forward, you don't know. Like he didn't set a new president. It's about to be people to come and all the technology. It's gonna be somebody who's gonna play twenty though. Like they're not just running Kareem, off 20 like see, that. You know what? I'm glad you said that. That's a great Playing point. Playing at a high level at 20? No. Yeah, 20 but years? you know what? It's a lot. Now, technology, the way that people Tom Brady's understand. Tom Brady's 45 yeah, and stuff. It's different. Understand how to take care of your body and the supplements and all these, the rest and game management and everything else. Think about what Kareem would have done if they had game and management when he was playing. think about some of these coming just, in, 25 just, a game, first year, 24 a game. It's just not 20. <laughs> Them 18 All Stars, them 19 All Stars. No, out of I agree. 20. No, it's not. Like the no, level it's not, of I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's just like it's about to be like 
to when you get up a lot there of people just walking around doing you it. You know I'm what? Now you're going to get me in trouble because now I'm going to have to rethink this whole thing with Jordan because LeBron, you. <laughs> LeBron's up there too. LeBron is definitely up there. He's definitely up there. He's on that Mount Rushmore for sure. Yeah, yeah. This has been amazing. We appreciate you so much. We are honored. We had the great, the great, the great Cheryl Miller. Everybody, Reggie told me that we had the 18 today. You got Cheryl Dean. That's what he told (laughs) me. You got the 18, so we just blessed with the 18. Thank you, Red. I want to thank y'all for your continued support of the Knuckleheads Podcast. Be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also watch all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast. And join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. theplayerstribute.com